0: Well hello listeners, welcome to the Fresh Start Family Show. I am your host, Wendy Snyder, Positive Parenting Educator and Family Life Coach. Thank you for being here today. You are going to love this conversation that Terry and I had with Michelle Kinney-Carlson, who is the founder of Peace and Parenting, and my goodness you guys, Michelle is awesome. She's talking to us today about big, ugly feelings, and she has just so much good wisdom that you are really going to... To love. So if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to our show over on iTunes. And if you wouldn't mind leaving a review, Uh, We'd love to hear what you think about our show. If our show has helped you in any way in your parenting walk, um, please just take a few minutes. Let us know. We love to read every single one of your reviews. Reviews help us get seen in the iTunes world. And the more we are seen, the more families from all over the world we can help and serve. So thank you in advance for leaving us a review. And I always love to have you guys tag me on social. If you are listening to an episode of the Fresh Start Family Show, and you love it, screenshot it and then share. Um, I'm very active over on Instagram. You can tag me at Fresh Start Wendy, and I love to reshare your post and just um, communicate with you a little bit over there and hear why you loved the episode. So, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks for caring so much about your families. Without further ado, enjoy this episode. Well, hey there, I'm Stella. Well, hey there families and welcome to another episode of the Fresh Start Family Show. Today we are going to talk about sitting through big ugly feelings. Mm.
1: Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and we have the pleasure of sitting with Michelle Kenny Carlson today. Hey, welcome, Michelle. Welcome. Hi, how are you? We're good. All right, so you guys, um, this is going to be a really good episode. Um, Michelle is a parenting coach and educator, and um, she's she's amazing. She has a great perspective on parenting, and it's just fun, and um, I can't wait. I'm going to have you introduce yourself here in a second, Michelle. Um, but the four areas that we're going to talk to you about um, sitting through big, ugly feelings is going to be some ideas on what you can do and say when your kids are just having these kind of big, explosive moments. or or emotions, Um, this idea of self-regulation and co-regulation, and then also what we are going to encourage you guys to take a break from doing and saying. So those are going to kind of be the four components that um, you can walk away with from today's episode. But Michelle, would you take a minute to introduce yourself? Tell us um, how you got on this wild ride of being a parenting coach. It's crazy. But looking at your work, I feel like we have a lot of similarities um, in Michelle's bio over on Instagram, which I think is your chosen platform that you love to be around right yeah yeah she says I'm a reformed yeller and control freak turned parent coach and podcast host (laughs) so (laughs) tell us more how did how did you get here
2: well I just want to say thank you for having me and so nice to meet you both and I love your energy and just the way you come to parenting it's so nice to meet people who are like-minded so thanks for having me um Yeah, this this work came to me very organically. I um, am a former teacher and high school counselor, and I thought that I would be an incredible candidate as a mom. And so my lifelong goal was to have children. And so I did. And once I had my second, I found myself, I think, depressed, really, and just at a complete loss as to how to handle two young kids pretty much on my own. And I ended up really moving straight into rewards and punishments because that's what I was taught as a teacher. And it's like you reward the good behavior and you punish the bad behavior. And my beautiful, strong-willed, lovely eldest was not having it. So she became,
0: yeah. It's like the exact same story of <laughs> she ours.
2: the rebel and yeah. she had no cause. Her only cause was to inflict pain on her her younger sister. And so I went to bed most nights crying myself to sleep because I was, you know, punishing and rewarding and shutting the door on crying kids. And I just, I lost it. And so finally I found connective parenting and I couldn't believe what it did for me. And so i just moved into this like deep research, crazy person state and made it my life's work and ended up being a um, certified Uh, coach through Hand in Hand Parenting. And that's who gave me my start. And then I found I am the founder of Peace in Parenting, which I've had for like five or six years now. And I help parents try to find a way just like I did. Ah, that
0: is so cool. Yeah. I feel like we just became like positive parenting educator besties because we're basically have the same story.
2: (laughs) It's like they'll just bring you to your knees. You have to change.
0: Oh, my gosh. And I love this, like, idea of, like, this obsessiveness um, because I do think you have to – and I've heard you say this, that you have to have a really strong drive to change because change – if you are, you know, if you've gone down yeah. that route, and you've gotten yourself into a pattern, um, it takes tenacity, and yeah. perseverance, and you really have to want to change. And yeah. um, which is where our strong willed kids get it, right? Like They yeah. get that strong will from us. That's
2: <laughs> right. She was showing me. Yeah, <laughs> but, but this is an
0: area where it comes in handy, because I love it. All right, cool. And to tell us the ages of your kids now. So you got is it 14 and 11? Is that right?
2: Yep, 14, 11, two girls. And um, it's been a wild ride. And I'm, I'm really excited for this next chapter. My daughter is entering high school next year. so
0: That's awesome. So you found this work when they were, what is it? They were six
2: six and three.
0: Six and three. Awesome. Yeah. We found it when Stella was like three and the baby was a newborn and we thought Terry probably thought I was going to go insane. Did you think (laughs) I was going to have to be like checked into the insane asylum or?
1: Oh (laughs) man, I just knew it. it was like, it was just way tougher than I ever imagined, just because I thought, I don't know, I thought I was mildly prepared for it, and I thought, I was like, oh, Wendy's totally prepared to be a mom. I'm like, she, like you said, like, great mom candidate, Yeah. Um, but man, it's totally different um, when it's you actually job. go through it yourself, and then when, um, yeah, a lot of... <laughs> similar, um, you know, characteristics and traits just kind of rise up in the form of a little human right back at you. And you're like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) what am I going to do with that? Yeah. Yeah. The good, bad, and the otherwise.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And the ugly feelings. Yes. Yeah. Big ugly feelings. That's exactly
1: right.
0: But the good news is, is we also share in common how much this work has radically and positively transformed our lives. So, so much to celebrate, so much light, Um, to bring to listeners today. So awesome. Well, thanks for introducing yourself and um, let's get right into it. So when we were chatting before this episode and talking about what we should cover um, and you you said this topic idea, I loved it because I think so many of the parents that um, I work with, whether it's through our Bonfire membership program, through weekly coaching or our online foundations course it's there's a point when it gets really scary to actually get a child through an emotional outburst without fixing controlling overpowering, using fear and force. And I think that is like, once you can get yourself to a hump where, over the hump, I should say, where you actually understand that it's not weak to detach or it's not permissive to not like lay the smack down and make them stop, whether they're mm-hmm. like freaking out crying or or they're just, um, you know, there's all different versions of big, ugly feelings. Mm-hmm. But what we found in our own journey was that once we realized that we didn't need so our all of our stories are about our oldest Stella, um, who's twelve now. So we once we realized we didn't have to fix her or, you know, we just had to get her empower her and teach her how to get through those like heaviness that those like strong emotional. Um, times And once we realized we could get her on the other side of it, it just, I think that's when everything changed. It's one of those pivotal moments in our parenting where everything changed. And we started to really see like, whoa, this kid is really starting to develop self-control now. And I see it all the time um, with the parents I coach. Um, but it's gnarly, right? Like its a, yeah. it's a gnarly thing. So kick us off with... What can we do and say, and actually before we even do that, Michelle, let's like really get clear on like, give us some examples of what comes to your mind when you say, when you say sitting through big, ugly feelings. And we always like to like try to think of whether people have toddlers or they have kids that are a little bit older like ours, but like tell us, paint the scene there of what we're trying to empower parents with this idea.
2: You know, I think it can be any feelings. I know we're talking about big, ugly feelings, but it can also even just come in the way of like the red truck wasn't as good as the green truck.
1: Right. And all of
2: a sudden we have the screaming child who wants the red truck so badly, but all we have is the green truck and you're thinking in your head like this isn't that big a deal. Like why are you, why are you crying? And I think that's the big thing for us is that we really have a judgment on why our child is crying or why they're upset and in my mind that red or green truck really probably isn't the issue. There's probably a deeper underlying thing going on. So what happens, I what I believe happens is a lot of kids, you know, deal with upsets and hurts. And those upsets and hurts kind of get stuck in their psyche. And maybe they didn't respond in the moment, you know, the brother or sister took a toy or, you know, they didn't get the dinner they wanted, or they weren't allowed to stay out past ten o'clock at night, or whatever it is. And then at some point they get to a tipping point. Where they've had enough, and all it can take is the truck, yeah. and so now they're upset. And so I think in that moment we have a really big choice. We can we can stay in our to ourselves. I can reason this away. I can say, oh, but you, we have the red truck. We don't have the green truck. This it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Or we can really just dig into empathy and say, oh, I'm so sorry that the red truck isn't good enough. I understand. I'm right here. And when yeah. we when we sit in that empathy, it almost creates more feelings. And so, when, and when we create those more feelings, we're actually letting our child heal from all these other hurts. Nice. And so, in the, it, and it's like the split-second thing you have, and it can be something really big or it can be something really small, but it's just honoring a child's feelings in general, I think, is the, is the bigger kind of overarching thing going on. Yes.
1: And I think that's a good point, too. So when we're talking about, you know, even the subject of this podcast, big, ugly feelings, we're not saying they're wrong. They just are – they feel uncomfortable, but they're not wrong, yeah. so yeah, yeah. It's right. it's just what to do with some of these more uncomfortable ones when when they
2: when yeah, they and I think they about. feel uncomfortable because we're we weren't raised like that, likely, right? We weren't right. raised where somebody said, "Oh, you're upset. Let me hear you." You know, and so <laughs> we we see it and we're like no, it has to go away. You know, like yeah. make it stop. And our society says, make it stop. I have to make it stop. If I make them calm down, I've somehow won. I've somehow right. achieved you're in control.
1: Point. You're a good. Parent. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And yeah. And everyone sees me as the good parent because my child's calm. Right. When in actuality, in my mind, tantrums are a good thing. Being right. upset is a good because you're like having a space for your ugly feelings.
0: Yes, yeah, and and what happens on the other side of it is you realize that it's just a feeling, you know. Like here at First Start Family, we always try to teach families just to start with the main five, you know: happy, mad, sad, hurt, and scared. Can you just start mm-hmm. teaching those right when your kids are little, mm-hmm. and then once you realize as a parent you can feel scared and not have to like run from it, but actually just yeah. feel it and get to the other side, or you can feel angry and not have to like grab a, a kid by his wrist too tight or slam a door i'm still working on the door slamming thing <laughs> why am i still a door slammer after like
1: <laughs> yeah one, one, why? what was what that sense? a week or two ago it feels one. good though
0: right it feels <sighs> good to like <laughs> he's like ratty. i know what is that right
2: but anyway, it was like half at
1: me and half at our daughter it was like i was like ooh, a little bit of that slam was for me <laughs>
2: I like that. At least you guys know. That's so cute. I don't even remember, darn it. That's bad. But I do know. We've never been given a space, right? So we still have this, like, we want to have our anchor too. Yep. And, And have someone listen to us where we've not ever been listened to.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I love it. So when it comes to what to do and what to say, so you mentioned some things, but like, This idea of empathy, like empathy is so powerful. And I love it because um, kids really respond, right? Especially if you haven't been giving them empathy. And then all of a sudden you're like, no wonder you're bummed. Like you love that red truck or no wonder you're bummed. Like all your friends are still out to 11. Like with Stella, we keep saying, I keep saying like, I know I get it. It's hard. Like all your friends have TikTok. All your friends have 24-7 devices at their hips and there's they have like that's must be hard to see them Mm -hmm. all like in their bedrooms texting till midnight and you have to like plug yours in and it's not allowed like but Mm i think i think they just they feel heard and understood let's chat for a hot sec openly and honestly about what your discipline toolkit looks like in your home right now. If you're anything like most parents, you're relying on the hand-me-down set you inherited. Time outs, spankings, threatening of spankings, taking iPads away, three, two, one countdowns, groundings, taking away toys, e-bikes, iPhones, any or all of those kind of tactics that create a total relationship strain and don't even work long-term to end your child's misbehavior for good. Meaning, you might spank your child or send them to timeout today for being, air quotes, mean to their sister or disrespecting you.
2: Well I think I think in in my mind too it's like coming alongside your child like almost like coming down to their level looking them in the eye you can show empathy and also speak empathy and, you know, verbalize empathy. But I think you can really show empathy by your body language and by the way in which you're looking at your child, eye contact and really being present with them. I know with little kids, like I like to get really down on the floor and say I'm right here and look look them in the eyes and let them know that I'm there for them. I like there's a few key phrases I like to say, like, I'm never going to leave you when you're upset. Mommy's nice. always here. Um, I know this is really hard. Um, my old my youngest likes to say like I hate tantrums, I hate this, I don't know why I'm doing that. In the middle of her tantrums, she'll always say those things. <laughs> I love
1: the and she's like, I'm losing all
2: my control, mom, I'm losing it. I don't know why. And I just say to her, you Aww. know what, your body's doing the best thing for it. You're healing yourself. Nice. you this is okay. You're you're doing great. Like almost encourage them, like, you're doing great. You're gonna get through this and I'm right here, I'm not gonna leave you. <sighs>
0: That's so
1: beautiful. Well, yeah. And I think another way to, to say it, and not that this only relates to the dads, cause, but it's like just being on the same team as, as them, like, because the, the other way, like, like you were saying, like the fixing, even though it seems innocent enough, but it, it comes across as opposition. Like, it's like, yeah. don't feel that way. Don't do that. There's nothing wrong with the red truck. It's like you're, right. you're now you're sitting across from them in opposition as opposed to coming beside them and being like, we're on the same team.
2: That's right. I think you're so right. And I think it's like, it's almost telling them, like, you don't have a right to have your feelings. Right. Because if we just fix this, then you don't need to be upset. If you just take my adult perspective right. that the red truck is okay, then everything's okay. So no reason to be upset. So it's almost like saying, you don't have a right.
1: Yeah. Mm. I love yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> and that somehow, too, like, especially the hardest ones are like when this is out in public, too. It's like you're saying, like, Somehow all these strangers and the way they view mom and dad is more important than what I'm going through.
2: Yeah, totally. That's a really hard one, I think, is having a tantrum or an upset in public. Yeah. It's like it's you feel everyone feels I feel and I think especially new parents feel so judged, you know, like everyone's looking at them like, you you better get this under control, you know, yeah. you don't yeah. know what you're doing kind of thing. And it's hard as a new parent to, to feel that and not to know, like, am I doing the right thing? Yeah, what's going on here?
1: Yeah, and we've had whole episodes just on like that subject, too. And it's so funny how like the voices in your head go always to like the worst when really there's a lot of times there's somebody watching that not always but sometimes will come up to you afterwards and be like wow the way you handled that was so amazing like I wish I could have done that or wish my parents would have done that with me and yeah. so, not that it's about seeking approval from strangers, but, but usually yes, is. the voice isn't <laughs> <Yeah>. true. <laughs> Come on,
2: somebody, just tell me. I I'm need
1: dirt. some yeah. People,
2: somewhere. Yeah,
0: tell me I'm doing I'm, good. I am a freak in public. Like my kids are probably so embarrassed by me. The, just the other day on the trail, to oh my, my little guy was like, "You say hi to everyone, mom." But it, I'll be in Target. We live right next to Target, and and there'll be like a mom, and she's having like the worst time ever, and yeah. I'm just like across the aisle like you are doing a great job
2: like you are killing it like hang in there you're doing awesome I know because you know we've all been there in that bad place and it doesn't feel good it really feels really hard yeah
0: Oh, well, as we're talking, I love it. I'm So at the time of this recording, we're in the middle of this whole corona mess where our biggest thing in life often is, but really is right now, um, is the sibling stuff, right? So I'm thinking how we can apply that in our own life with our 9 and 12-year-old and even just last night with, like, their fighting. Some days they've, they've been really good lately, but in general... They do butt heads a lot. They're two strong-willed kids, um, and I'm just thinking like, how great because Terry and I are always trying to like detach and and just let them work it out. But that's that's our biggest vice right now. Um yeah, that's or a, not vice. But um, that's a tough one seal. when like
1: the, the big ugly feelings come out in that because then as soon as you come alongside one of them, it's like you're ganging up on the other. That's, but but yeah. <laughs> like
0: uh, that that concept of like, I know this is really hard for you guys, and you got this. Like yeah. I know this is hard, and you're doing great. Yeah. keep going. Like last night right. we had a. We had a debacle with the, what's it called? Oh, the game? cornhole game. The cornhole game. game. Yeah. And it all worked out. We did it. We did it. Um, and it was actually a really cool moment. There was a lot of cool stuff that happened within that conflict negotiation. But um, but one of them is, I think we could have done a little bit more of this, and it would have been really effective. I'm yeah. just telling them, instead of like, dude, stop it. So, yeah. anyways.
2: Yeah. Empathy's good, I think, in that, too. Like, Esme will say, it's so mean. I'm like, I know, I'm sorry. Even though, you know, I may not agree or disagree. I just try to take my own opinion out of it. And I'm, like, I'm so sorry you're feeling like that. I get it. Sisters are hard. I understand, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, Letting them feel validated, even if you like might in the back of your mind being like, yeah, well, you shouldn't have like right. nudged her on your way to the, to the kitchen or whatever it is. Exactly. But just having empathy for that feeling, even if we don't agree with it. And I think that's a big thing, too, like taking our judgment totally out of it, because like with siblings. That relationship has been going on for, what, 10 years, whatever it is. And so it's like there's always somebody doing something in the background we're not going to know about, right? Yeah. And so it's like, how do I know that her nudging her in the in the kitchen wasn't a retaliation from her doing something out, you know, touching her makeup, you know, three days ago? Yeah. So, like, just having empathy for those
0: you. <laughs> One of our dear friends, um, her name's Susie Walton. She's a parenting educator also and who's trained me, who I studied under forever, she would always joke, you know, she's like, you know, you don't know what's what's going on for them. She's like, you know, when they like yell at or like want to punch their brother in the face, like sometimes it's just because they were
2: born, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it is. Right. You took my spot. I remember Esme the first week we had Pia. She goes, Mom, she has to go live with the neighbor. She's took all my people.
1: Yes. Oh, That's
0: my God. That's Okay, Michelle, let's move on to self-regulation. Yeah. Talk to us about yeah. that one. or And so, so maybe self-regulation and co-regulation, we can intermingle these together in our talk.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of talk about, well, I'll, I'll go off on a tiny tangent and then I'll come back. Um, but there's a lot of talk about getting your kids to self-regulate. You know, everybody wants a mindfulness jar or a cool down corner or like kind of all these like gimmicky things to get our kids to calm down. And I'm of the mind where I don't, necessarily believe those things are are the, you know, the only way or the best way to get there, but that we can really be the models of regulating ourselves. And they say, social scientists will tell you that 80% of what a child learns is what's modeled to them. So if we're modeling how to be regulated in tumultuous times, then that's the best way that we can teach our children to learn to self-regulate. The problem with it is that society doesn't like is that it doesn't happen today or tomorrow. It's not yeah. going to happen for years. And you may be self-regulating and, in, in, you know, in hard times and showing them how calm you can be and how you can be there and how you can come with empathy. But you might not see the return on your investment for some time because it takes them a long time to learn that. And just yeah. think about it. We're not very self-regulated. We want our children to be more self-regulated than we are. And that's another thing too. It's like if you're not showing self-regulation, there's no way you can expect it of your kid.
0: Yep, yep. And it takes them a while to unlearn what they've been taught, right? Yeah, we have, yeah, a, yeah. So we have a like one of our printables one month in our bonfire membership program. Do you remember it? You you create these. It's like it's almost it's almost like the hardest task in life is actually unlearning what you've been taught versus learning new things. It's yeah, you know
2: what I mean. But you get um, stuck there, right? And so it's like just becomes habit almost your go to. And so if you. You know, if in uh, in hard times you're trying to squash feelings, then your kid might start doing that, too, or might start feeling afraid of their own feelings, might start thinking like, oh, my feelings are so scary for my parents. They must be scary for me. And so then they end up squashing them or they end up not being able to deal with them or whatever it is. But if you show them that they're safe and that, that you can regulate in those moments, if you can be calm in those really hard moments, then you're showing them not only are you safe, but this is how you regulate. There's so many good lessons being learned.
0: Beautiful. Yep. And I think it's so important for listeners to keep in mind that, like, I don't, if you're new to this work or life coaching, positive parenting, education, whatever, it might feel like, well, what's the big deal? Like, just like keeping a feeling in. What's the big deal? Well, there is detrimental things to keeping feelings in when when we don't feel our feelings, you know, um, I think all of us have a different take on it, but you know, in, in my side of life coaching stuff, it's like we, we end up doing, we teach that you end up doing protection behaviors, you know, that are, that are these things that, that are not the way you want to act. You feel guilty about it later. And then if you, you know, once you start studying it, you realize it and you, and you get support and tools to understand it. You realize that you were just protecting yourself often from feeling a certain way so yeah. then if you become more fluent and like, Hey, it's not a big deal to feel scared. It's not a feel big t- whatever it is, then you don't have to like do that protection to avoid the feeling anymore. So, yeah. um, so it's really important that we, we learn uh, what Michelle is talking about. And then we, um, and you have to learn it first to model yeah. it. Um, but I, I always love love the idea of like doing it together, right? Like that I remember back um, when Stella was three, three and a half probably. And I always tell the story. I won't tell it all now. But there was a, a pivotal, another pivotal moment where I realized that we were exactly in the same place of learning. So she had said to me many times, I'm so mad, and I was like, yeah, I know. I can see you're mad, dude. Like, but why too. are you so mad? Right. Yeah. We're both freaking mad. And then like one day after like a really beautiful personal development weekend course, um, I heard her finally saying to me in her little three-year-old way, I'm so mad that I get so mad, and I'm so scared because I don't know how to stop, and I don't know what to do with this because I'm embarrassed and I'm shameful, and like, she didn't say all that, but I finally freaking heard her, and I was like... Oh my gosh, we're exactly in the same place, and don't worry, we're together. Like yeah. we're gonna figure this out, and we've been on a journey over the last decade to do that. And we're not perfect, but we sure as heck have learned a whole lot together. But we, she's like my little angel, where I'm the hothead in the family, and and she was like, what? she came. Al- <laughs> I didn't know, a surprise, where she came along to like really bless me with this kind of co-learning environment yeah. where we, we both have just come together. and
2: Yeah, they change you into who you need to be if you let them. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Okay, so that's kind of self-regulation and co-regulation. And is there anything, Michelle, you would guide parents to, um, you know, we, we talked about what to keep in mind and this idea that we want to model, but when it comes to actually teaching it to your kids as far as self-regulation, what are your favorite Go tos.
2: I really just use modeling. I just use modeling. I try to not have them, you know, get too far into like naming feelings. Or sometimes I feel like that distracts them out of the feeling that they're having is when they try to start to name it or, or they're, you know, they're trying to intellectualize feelings, because I think a lot of times kids don't even know why they're upset. They can't even figure it out. And it doesn't likely matter. I mean, we don't know why we're upset sometimes, and so I just kind of let it roll. Nice, but I've you know, it's been like an you know, I've spent an hour listening to feelings. (laughs) Nice with kids, just big ugly, you know, huge upsets. But they come through so much better. And so, and they feel so much better. And it's, you know, it's a really connective process when you can sit through a child's big tantrum for a very long time. That becomes this, like you've gone to war with this kid. Yeah. Like you've seen the depths of their heart and their soul and you've been there and you've been empathic. And it's almost like when you see your best friend and you're upset and then you really start to cry, you know, when you can have that moment with your child, so you're like, oh, wow, we, we, we're, this is something, this feels good.
0: Oh. Gosh, that's so awesome. It reminds me of like the idea of just holding space for someone. So I love hearing you. You say, you know, I don't even focus on teaching. I just focus on being there. And basically that what you're talking about to me is just holding space where you're just listening. You're listening and you're present Mm -hmm. and you're not thinking about how to fix or change the future or um, you're just fully being there. I love that.
1: Now, and, you know, I think it's important to point out too. you know, listeners are in all different parts of their journey or awareness around that. So it's just like, oh, just go go model or hold space like you two have done years right. and years of work. <laughs> um, I think That's this would be anybody who um, is like, oh, that sounds good, but I don't know how to do that or what what is that? I think just dive deeper into, I mean, you found us here, you know, I think there's resources and I would just say this should prompt you to be curious to taking that next step in, in getting some, um, some tools or doing a course or listening <laughs> to more podcasts or, you know, whatever you what have the, the, the capacity heck? for right now. Um, because you don't just get to this by saying, oh, okay, I'm going to do this today instead.
0: Now, if you have any questions, freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash firm and kind.
2: Oh, yeah, I thought I was going to. I was like, oh, I'm going to read all this stuff, and I'm going to be super mom, and then I'm going to go do it. And then yeah. I got to it, and I was like, I can't listen to feelings. This is like, I don't even know what empathy is. Like, yeah. I can't do this.
1: But I see how graceful you are in this space now, and it's like you're a great representation of what it looks like after you go in and do that. So I would just say, yeah. you know, parents, if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, right, it's like, <laughs> no, you can.
0: Right, you can. This exactly. is just
1: what it looks like after you after you dive in and you walk the walk yeah. and, you, and you've you um, done a
0: lot of work
1: yeah and and really you know we use the word work but right. what you're doing is, is you're you're really just prioritizing your family you're saying that you're like it's that statement of family first you have one shot at this prioritize it invest in yeah. your family
2: there's no dress rehearsal no you're coming to the show and even yeah. yeah. show up with your lines partially memorized yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yes, I love that, Terry. Because yeah, what we don't want, list, uh, you know, our, our goal here at First Start Family is is to to make sure listeners are inspired and motivated and um, always invited into learning. Right? We never ever want you guys to be like, "Whoa, I could never do that. I'm not good enough. I'm not that patient, or I could never." Like, I work with so many parents day in and day out that are like literally radically ending generational cycles and they it takes them freaking time and because they come every single week and get supported and coached and ask questions and then they fail and they try again but they're failing all the time and it's like this idea of getting comfortable with your failure and saying okay yesterday I tried to sit with those feelings when the toddler freaked out and I made it 10 minutes and then I freaked out so now I'm (laughs) modeling the freak out and then I feel like it's easy to get into this downward spiral but just know that Tomorrow is like a new day. And so yeah. every time you do that, you're learning, okay, well, what did I do to make it 10 minutes? Whereas the day before I only made it zero. You know, it's like yeah. there's there's so much power in believing in yourself and just knowing that it doesn't happen overnight.
2: <clears throat> yeah.
0: The I've wins told my- come
1: quick too for a lot of people. So yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. You get a little taste of it and then you're like, oh, okay, that feels good. I want to yeah. try it again or whatever. But I tell my clients too, a lot of them will be like, I don't know if I can sit through the feelings and I'm like, then just in that moment, don't do it. Just don't do it. Just, Give yourself the grace to say, you know what? I'm not resourced enough to do this right now. I've said to my kids too, I know you have feelings. I want to listen to your feelings. I can't do it right now. I'm so sorry. Those feelings will wait for you. They will be there <laughs> next time. <laughs> you know, they will be there on Friday. And so you can just know that when you are resourced and, and able to, then then that's what you should tr- just try to do. And maybe you only listen for a few minutes, like you said, and that's okay. We give ourselves all kinds of grace in this because it's really hard
0: awesome such a good point okay well I think we're on our last point
1: so what to take a break from doing and saying
0: yeah tell us what not to do
2: (laughs) oh I mean I don't like saying this part but it's I think it is good it's just like you know don't cry or you know you don't have to be upset or you know mommy can do x y and z to make it better or you know Distraction to like, oh, let's go, you know, let's go swimming, you know, <laughs> just to have, right. just like it's really just kind of doing whatever you can to not have the feelings is what you should maybe stay away from is just try to like lean into the feelings as opposed to going away from them. Yeah. And I think sometimes people will I like to say, like, you really wanted that cake, didn't you? And it's almost like some someone said to me, isn't that mean? And I was like, it isn't mean. It's just truthful. It's just saying, like, this is hard. You yeah. wanted it. I'm not, I'm not going to shy away from that. I'm going to almost, like, lean into your upset so your child gets more upset. And a lot of people will say, well, it makes my child so much more upset. Really? That's so interesting. Yeah. A lot of kid, parents will say that makes their kids more upset when they stay, when they stay in their present. And I think they're getting to deeper, older hurts. Yeah. And that that's really, really powerful.
0: Yeah. And I think also often perhaps, at least with my clients, it's often that a sign that they're breaking the cycle because when their kid is used to the like fix me external controls and a lot of parents that come to us are like used to the fear and force model, you know? So if you don't stop it, you are either going to get a spanking or you will get a timeout or you will get something taken away. So fear force. Um, and then also a ton of clients are also like habitual fixers, right? Like perfectionists, Mm -hmm. like, um, I fall into all the categories, but, um, but yeah, so, so it's like this idea that, um, that, that it's, it's okay to step away and, and to take a break from doing all of that and, um, and to know that it's, it's hard, but, um, but yeah.
2: yeah, it's worth it. And the rewards part too. I think a lot of times rewards get, put in their own category as if they're positive. Right. And um, so I'd say like stay, you know, if you don't, if you stop crying, I'll get you the cookie or you know whatever it is. And to like kind of stay away from the rewards because they're, you know, they're manipulative. They're manipulating the behavior. They're manipulating the feeling. The kid obviously wants the, the cookie or whatever it is, but they're not able to process the feelings. So the feelings get shoved down. And then, oh, that was what I was going to say earlier is that when the feelings get shoved down, they'll start to exhibit themselves in behaviors, right? So when you aren't able to process your feelings, then you might become defiant later, or you might, you know, become adversarial with your sibling or some other behaviors. So when things get stuck, then we end up with a child who can't, you know, manage their behaviors.
0: Yes, it's so mm-hmm. important and uncomfortable in the beginning. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: <laughs> because I, so cause I think the kids, are, you know, they're just used to this, like, this model. It's, I always give the analogy of, like, imagine if you're, like, a ballroom dancer and, um, you know, you, you, like, are in tango with people. Like, you put on the costume, you wear this, like, beautiful red gown, and you, like, have this partner and you're tangoing on the dance floor. And then one day your partner just starts, like... I don't know. What's another dance form? Like or like walks off and does like yeah. the waltz. And you're like, oh, it is going to trigger you to feel lost, abandoned, scared, all these things. Right. And that's exactly what happens to kids when we decide to like switch it up. Right. So I think yeah. you just have to have patience and know that yeah. it can be really uncomfortable and, um, and just know
2: that, you know, t- change takes time. Yeah. Esme said to me, when, when I first started listening to her, she's like, aren't you going to fix it? Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, baby, you are. You're fixing it right now. Yes. You're doing it. You're fixing it all. Yes. But it was like, so telling.
0: Yeah. The gift of That's intrinsic right. control is such a gift to our children. Yeah. And when you're stuck in that external control model and you're looking to switch into an internal intrinsic control model, it's, it's hard, but just know that the rewards are massive. Like, yeah. Um, but what was it? Yeah. Last night, Stella, af- after, after the whole cor- cornhole, whole thing, she came into the kitchen and I had, I was ready to like stick to a limit of, I'm not going to play cornhole anymore. I'm going to take a break. Cause they were, they were, um, bickering and I actually had done that a few nights before with monopoly. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it, it's a thing, right? So I'm like, you know what? Um, I'm, I'm at my capacity. I'm just going to, we'll, we'll try again tomorrow night. And then same thing happened with cornhole and she came in and she's just like, mom, please look, let's have a conversation. She's like, we're learning. We're learning how to have self-control and self-regulation. We're a work in progress. And in the kitchen, she like literally pulled me out of my little like rage fit because she was like, mom... If you don't give us opportunities to practice this, then then we're not going to be able to be successful. And, of course, I'm still like Love her. the idea of pr- the, the, the opportunity to practice is going to be tomorrow because I'm not coming back out tonight. <laughs> I'm making dinner. It's already 730, like blah, blah, blah. And she's like, Mom, she just puts her hand on my shoulder. And she's like, Mom, I be, just be here with me. Just Just take a deep breath. And we can do this, Taryn and I understand, and we're ready to try again. And we just need your support to like we're just building these muscles, and you just got to help us. And I was like, holy crap, this is a kid who so th- has the strongest will on the planet, and has been raised with this work for ten years, and and you could really see it. And then her brother came in, and and um, I was like, you know what? I'm willing to reconsider. Um, but, you know, let's talk about what can we do to like, get, you know, they're like, well, how about we do a win-win, which is like a little peaceful conflict negotiation tool we teach. And they sat there and they said to each other, you know, I feel blank, I want blank. And, and then how are we going to work it out so we can both win or both have a great game? And then we had an eight-second hug and we went back out. But you could really feel this like she's, she gets the idea of she's learning to regulate herself and that I'm not going to fix it. Like yeah. I w- I'll walk away cause I'm a hothead and I, I just can't handle it sometimes. And I'm sure there's a still, I know there's still a ton of work I could do there, but I love that you can actively see in these kids as they get older. And I see it all the time with my clients, like powerful stuff that comes out that you're like, most kids They're not doing that. They're not like self-regulating. So, but it takes courage and it takes breaking cycles and it takes uncomfortableness and all that stuff we talked about. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And we're in this for the the long run. So I think so many people just want to patch things up and it's like, fix it, snuff it out. You know, I think, you know, coming full circle on this subject is like, you know, that's, um, that's not the goal here. You know, we're, we're in, we're doing life with our kids and our family we're not just doing this one day where it's like, yeah. just give them the cookie, make it go away. Mm-hmm. It, so, um, I just would encourage anybody listening just to remind themselves that this is a lifelong thing. This isn't just like, oh, did it work today? Make it yeah. go away type of thing. So,
0: yeah. yeah. Yep. And the more you do it, the more you get better at acknowledging all the benefits, right? Instead of just yeah. focusing on the hard parts um, because there are so, so many benefits.
1: Yep.
0: All yeah. right. Well, Michelle, thank you so much. That was such a good conversation. Tell our listeners where they can find you, and um, anything you want um, to leave them with today.
2: Yeah, um, you can find me on Instagram, Peace and Parenting, and also on Facebook. I actually have a private Facebook group nice. called Peace and Parenting Community, and that's a really good place to ask questions. And we're all in there, like helping each other and answering. And Ooh, um, nice. and then a regular um, Facebook page too. And I have a podcast, piece in Parenting. Um, it's all over the place. And I think those are all the places you can find me. Nice.
0: And you wanted to mention that you have a yelling course, right? Yes. Which is, um, our listeners little, will eat that up. Yeah, it's a
2: little <laughs> tiny one-hour workshop. It was a workshop I turned into a course that you can just do on your own and have at, um, at your fingertips whenever you want. Um, and it's just how to stop yelling. And it's all based in connection, and then you know tools to stay calm in the moment, and then ways to take care of ourselves. And we I use that kind of three pronged approach to to combat yelling and shaming behaviors and belittling behaviors or or getting rid of punishments. It helps with all of those kinds of things.
0: Beautiful, and the price point is really affordable. On that, right? Twenty
2: dollars. Nice. Twenty dollars. So yeah, you you should just buy it just to have it.
0: <laughs> yes, huge. But um, but it only be open for a week after that episode yeah. comes out, right?
2: Yep. We'll have it open for a week um, after the airing of this episode and just for your lovely listeners.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Michelle. All right. Well, um, can't wait to connect with you again. Thanks again for being here. Thank you. For links and more information about everything we talked about in today's episode, head to freshstartfamilyonline.com forward slash 70. For more information, go to freshstartfamilyonline.com. Thanks for listening, families. Have a great day. All right, listeners, that's a wrap.